0: So let's take our Bibles if you have them. Now you're going to say this. Say, I believe that the Bible is God Almighty in written form. And today it will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus Christ to the glory of the Father. Amen. I'm excited about Jesus today, amen. I tell you, we have reason to be excited. We really, really do. Uh, appreciate Grant helping out the live stream and everything that we're doing today as uh, Brad's unable to be here. I'll tell you what, it just, uh, amen, appreciate that. Hallelujah. We've been been speaking about breakthrough. You know, there's a time, and we, you know, there's a time to sow. There's a time to water, but then there's a time to break through. You can't reap when you haven't sowed and watered like you should. Amen. At the same time, there's a time for reaping, according to Mark 4:26, where you have to put in the sickle. Amen. How I many of you can overwater a plant and kill it by overwatering? So we need to, in different areas of in your life, maybe you're sowing in one area watering another, reaping in another. But I really believe the time of breakthrough is at hand. It has to be. Each one of us here have a spirit of influence, probably much stronger than we realize. And we're called to prove the good, acceptable, perfect will of God, according to Romans 12, the 30, 60, 100-fold will of God. And breakthrough is when the kingdom of heaven is manifested when the blessings of heaven are evident in your spirit in the character of Jesus in your mind and your emotions and on our bodies. Glory to God and everything we do. Amen. Finances, hallelujah, everything we do. Glory to God. And I really believe it's a time. I shared about a Cairo's time. So, one of the keys, again, it's simple. A lot of times we focus on the characteristics of the bad ground in Mark 4. We need to do that. Cares of this life and, you know, lots of other things and, you know, the different things that they choke the word, things of the world. But the two main characteristics, if you look at Mark 4, Luke 8, and Matthew 17, one is the good ground understood the word. Amen? Understanding is such a key. Knowledge is a key, but the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, with knowledge, get understanding. What's the difference? Knowledge tells you what God wants. Understanding tells you why he wants it. Amen? We don't want to be blessed just to be blessed. The world can be blessed financially or whatever. We want to be blessed to minister to the Father's heart. Amen? That's understanding. Amen? Knowledge is things, yeah, you shouldn't do. But it's not just knowledge. It's understanding. God doesn't want us to do certain things because it hurts us. And it hurts him. So, the good ground, which I believe we are, has understanding. And then it brings forth fruit with perseverance. The Bible says with patience and perseverance. Glory to God. Hebrews 6 talks about Again, faith and patience bringing breakthrough. Amen. So, I really believe there's a spirit of breakthrough even today. Let me just summarize quickly from last week. We shared, there's certain things honestly, that we know we just have to do. Amen. Uh, I've shared this many times, but we did an outreach years ago. And I think it was about 10 of us that went and about eight of eight people that went from the church and we combined with another church from Indiana, PA. And uh, most people had never shared the gospel on the street. So these people didn't share. They said, you know, we're going to pray and that's good. We need intercession. But I said, and the Lord led me. I didn't even tell these guys. We were on Liberty Avenue and it was really, really bad at the time. A lot of prostitution. And I just, they thought I was going to speak. And I went out and introduced and some people gathered around and I gave them the mic. And they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you gave me the mic. I, I can't speak. But you know, after they started speaking and shared their testimony, you can get the mic away from them. Why? See, they were able. Amen? But, but it, it just needed a little push. Amen? Sometimes we need a little push. Glory to God. There are things... We know we can do, but we just don't. Again, so simple, you know, analogy that, you know, you say, well, I can't do this. I can't do this, you know. But someone said, I'll give you a million dollars if you do it. I bet we'd find a way to do it. Amen? Wouldn't we? Well, I can't, you know, exercise. But if someone says, you exercise three days a week for the whole year, I'll give you a million dollars. I guarantee you, you would. What's an exercise that getting in the Word of God? Well, I just can't get in the Word. I don't understand it like the pastor or, or like this person or that person. You, you know what? I'll give you a million dollars and say every day, one hour, I guarantee you'd be in the Word of God. Amen. So there's certain things we need, according to Romans 6, the things that God has revealed to us that we have revelation on, sharing the gospel. We need to know it, reckon it, and say. in the Bible says, "Do not let sin reign in our mortal bodies." And we need to just to do it. Amen. Boy, I didn't get one amen off of that. You can give me the amen, Grant. Amen. All right, Lisa. All right, that's good. All right. Amen. You know, we just there's certain things you've been so taught you can teach it. We need to enter into walking the lot that we've been given. Amen. All right. At least a few nods. All right. Okay. We're getting better. And again, unforgiveness, anger, whatever it is. And then we shared that, you know, the devil's for real, but God's more real. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. that's good. We're getting better. All right. Amen. Amen. And I, there's a, a book I like. I know the guy that wrote it. It's called Cover Me in the Time of Battle. We need to cover one another. And and, and for times of battle, glory to God, to cover one another. Because battle's a good thing, amen? We don't run from the battle, we run to the battle. Man, when David said, you know what, I don't think I'm gonna go out to battle this year. Bad things happened. There's a time when kings go out to battle. The Bible says we're kings and priests under God. Revelations 1, 6, Romans 5, amen? So we, we need to understand... The devil's no match for God. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We you know, we, we need to be aware of the devil, but we don't fear the devil. Amen? At all, ever. And we shared on 1 Samuel 5, Philippians 1:28, Luke 10:19, says, You, not the pastor, not somebody, a big name preacher, you will tread on serpents. That's lies. And scorpions, that which would hurt you and your family. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Mm. Then we shared about the number seven and how it means that, you know, entering in and the completion through faith and patience. You know, 70 times seven were to forgive. You know, and we, we used the example of Jericho, walking, how they walked around Seven times and had seven trumpets and seven priests, and number seven. 1 Kings 18 41, we utilize how Elijah, you know, prayed the seventh time is when the rain came. Glory to God. So we want to enter into this and understanding that we will always win if we do not forfeit and lose our confidence. Amen? We can, the Bible says, do not cast away your confidence. Our confidence in the word and the blood and the spirit of grace. Glory to God. And because we're all human, I'm going to be honest with you, how many people know people love God, that you, you, they were on fire for God and not, are not walking with God now? How many people know people? I know scores of people, hundreds of people, disillusioned. Because they thought that the manifestation was going to come at this time, and it didn't. They thought that it wasn't going to be, there weren't going to be any trials. Jesus didn't say there weren't going to be any trials. He said, man, the storm comes against the good house and the bad house, but man, the house that stood on the, on the word of God, amen, the storm came. It was not harmed. Amen? Amen. Lord to God. Hallelujah. So we need to understand, man, when we're in the presence of God or we're in a trial. And a trial is, is, I'm not saying a child is getting in a car wreck every three weeks. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about a trial where, you know, God tells you to share the gospel. And man, you know that person doesn't want you to share the gospel with them. And you know they're going to reject you. At least you think you do. And God says to share it. Man, how many know God tells you to do some difficult things sometimes? Amen? Wow, forgive that person that doesn't deserve forgiveness. Wow. And then we look at ourselves. Do we deserve forgiveness? Hmm, Jesus. So, life is really good, but I want to share this. And this is hard for people to receive and But God comes most in battle. When you're being proactive, when you have to get out of the boat, again, there's 12 men in that boat. 11 of them did not get out of the boat. Peter got out of the boat. Someone says, well, Peter entered into unbelief. Peter was the only one that I know ever walked on the water. Glory to God. He walked on the water. And he fell, but Jesus picked him up. Amen? How many of you want to be water walkers? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, you're not going to walk on the water if you don't get out of the boat. Well, Jesus is just going to, he see what we think. Jesus is just going to come, pick me up, and just put me on the water with him. Good luck. No, it's not how it worked. Peter says, bid me come. Jesus said, all right. Peter had to use his own two legs to get out and walk. But he was walking on the word of God. Amen? All right. All that's for free. Okay. Let's look at some Bible examples and some testimonies of how this works. And then we're going to share next week, when you're in battle, how awesome the spirit of grace comes. And how God prepares you for battle. Man, through the glory of God. Hallelujah. All right? So listen, Numbers 13 and 14. I just I want you to see there's ups and downs in the context of your, your faith. Just like, so you know, in Numbers 13 and 14, God says, I've given you a land filled with milk and honey. And they're like, wow, awesome. Doesn't that sound good? Milk and honey. And he says, I want you to go spy out the land. Now, until we get like to 2 Chronicles 20, I'm just going to, Speak to this because it would take too much time to look up the scripture. Because I've got a bunch of examples. But man, but then they go to spy out the land. There's walled cities. There's giants. And it's like, they're like, you got to be kidding me. How come God didn't tell them about the giants and the walled cities? Because God wanted them to use their faith because they were well able to do it. hmm But he said, before they left, be strong and courageous. Man, you don't have to be courageous unless you have something that is trying to take your courage away. Amen? So they saw the giants. Man, and then they entered into unbelief, and evil report, an evil report in God's eyes is saying that the enemy or even your flesh or the world or the devil is greater than God. And man, you know, ten of the spies died in judgment. But then they, through Joshua, they entered into the promised land. I'm trying to get, God wants us to understand, we do not have to be afraid of giants in walled cities. Amen? God wants a people in the last days that are not afraid of adversity, but enter in and walk through it, glory to God, destroying the raw cities, destroying the giants, so we can have victory. Glory to God. And I know it's easier said than done. I mean, look at Moses. First of all, they were killing babies. And the midwives, you know, of Israel, they lied to the king. They said, you know what? Because they weren't, when the baby uh, you know, they, they were killing them. But as soon as they came out, they, you know, were coming out of the womb. They tried to kill, they killed them. And they said, and then the Egyptian king said, why are you not letting them die like I told you? And they said, they, well, they come out too fast. And, but they were still taking them. That, that's a bad deal. Man, so the parents of Moses, that's adversity. We're going to kill you. Unless you destroy your child. Wow. But glory to God, what happened? You know, they, they put Moses and you know by the riverbank and, and and Pharaoh's daughter came along, amen. And took him, raised him as her own. And, and then, you know, one of Moses' family, you know, was was you know helped her. But and everything's going good for Moses. I mean, he's had everything he wants. But he said, I'd rather suffer with the people of God than live in this lie. So what's he do? He sees two Israelis fighting, and he, and he separates them and says, man, let's, he, he, it's a type of unity. Then he sees an Egyptian beaten up an Israeli, And he grabs the guy. Didn't mean to kill him, but the guy's dead. Wow. So he thinks he's he's making a good decision. He's going to deliver Israel and bang. Wow. Not a good deal. He ends up in the desert. And then God calls him after decades and tells him, you're going to deliver, right, Israel. He says, I can't talk, right. Gives him Aaron. And then he gives him a, a, sta- a rod, right? A staff. A rod and he says, you throw it down and it'll become a serpent. That's pretty strong stuff. So he goes to the, the Pharaoh, who he knew because he grew up in Pharaoh's house and throws down, Aaron throws down the rod, becomes a snake. And then all the sorcerers, the magicians, so-called what? They throw down those things. Now there's... About 150 snakes of the enemy, one snake of God. Looks like they were defeated, outnumbered. Moses could have said, man, what's up with this? But what happened was the snake of God ate up the other snakes. Amen. I use this against cancer all the time. Man, the the, the anointing of God will eat up, amen, what the enemy's done in Jesus' name. And then so he goes back to the leaders of Israel. They're excited. He says, you know what? I'm going to ask Pharaoh to let us go. And Pharaoh makes it harder and makes them make more bricks. And uh, You know what I'm saying? So what is God saying? The devil do what, will do anything he can to get you to stop. But man, Moses said no. Man, 10 powerful signs, right? And then they get, then they go, they're excited to get all the silver and gold. Everything's good, right? And then they find themselves back. The Red Sea's here. Egyptian army is here. And they're like, we're going to die. I would rather be in Egypt. But that's when one of the greatest miracles of all time took place. When the wind blew over the night, it didn't cut instantaneous, the sea split, right? Glory to God. We need to understand, we need to keep on going. When the enemy opposes us face to face, we need to keep on going. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, go to 2 Chronicles 20. Hallelujah, Jesus. 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat was a good king, but he still, for some reason, never got rid of the high places. I don't understand that. But in 2 Chronicles 20, they're all excited. You know, they had just did a building project. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem and the house of the Lord before the new court. Man, everything is going Well, And man, he prays, and it's really great. But then they get word that Moab, Ammon, and all these three great tribes are going to kill them. Did you ever get excited about Jesus and God's working in your life? And then the enemy just tries to come right against you. Well, I'm going to believe I'm never going to get sick, and bang, you got a fever. I'm going to, man, give like God's telling me to give, and then your car breaks down. Is anybody here in reality? Man, I'm just going to walk in forgiveness, and then one of your friends, you know, messes you up. I mean, this this is, the enemy will try to come in. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've been doing this for so long, for so many years, That's when so many Christians that love the Lord get disillusioned. Well, why is is there this battle? Well, it is a battle because there's an enemy. But God doesn't set you... God doesn't let there be battle to set you up to lose, to harm you. He gives you a battle so you can win. Glory to God. Amen. So... They're going to die, they're going to be destroyed. He calls a fast. and I love what he says in verse eight, We built a sanctuary for thy name not so people can see some fancy building. Buildings are fine but, but, but we, we built this church we built this church till so your name could be inside of it. the name of Savior, the name of healer, the name of baptizer in the Holy Ghost, the name of grace, the name of mercy, name of victory, glory to God. Amen? Shh. Glory to Jesus. All right. And he says, he says when the sword, there's four types of evil. The first is the sword where the devil just hates you and will try to come and just bring you harm out of the blue. You didn't do anything to deserve it. He'll just try to come. We don't let him. We do not let him. We use our sword. Amen. Against him. But how many people, so the sword came. He said the sword or judgment. How can judgment be evil? Judgment can be good when it's God giving judgment to destroy vehicles of evil. How's judgment bad? Judgment is bad when you don't accept the mercy of God when it's extended to you and receive judgment. I'll never forget. I was doing a service. It was uh, in Pittsburgh in Sheridan an African American church. And uh, I had a word of knowledge. I, I, I I saw a man coming before the service and his leg was just chewed up by a dog. And sure enough, this guy comes. He's, I mean, he has a three-piece suit on with the best. And I, I said, you know, sir, what do you need prayer for? And he lifted up his pen He said, I got bit by a German shepherd from my ankle all up here. I've had like seven surgeries. I said, well, Jesus will help you. He said, well, hold on. I said, he said, let me tell you something. I said, well, he said, he said, I was a bishop over many churches. And he said, I entered into sin. And I hurt a lot of people. And he said, you know, I believe that God let that dog destroy my leg to make up for what I did. And I said, said, with all due respect, God wanted to give you mercy. And that's why he gave me a word of knowledge. Man, that is a lie. Mercy supersedes judgment. Amen. He was repentant. Aren't you glad when you repent that the price has already been paid? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We prayed, man, the Holy Ghost just come on this man. His leg was blessed, but his life was changed. Amen? So, so that's false judgment. The third thing is pestilence or sickness. Sickness is not a blessing. It's come to harm and hurt us. Doesn't mean it's evil. Doesn't mean the person that's fighting sickness is evil. That They might be the strongest Christian in the group. Many times, sickness, the devil tries to bring sickness not because someone did something wrong, because they did something right. So please don't ever misjudge somebody. But then it says, feminine or lack. So anyways, they stood before God, the Holy Ghost, So, see, evil, they were blessed that evil tried to come. They sought God, and, and, and the Holy Ghost prophesied through a guy, and says, you know what, you don't even have to fight in this battle, just go out and worship, and when these three great countries come against you to devour you, I'm going to give you provision. Wow. Well, they all got excited. See, now there's ups. There was an up, then a down. Now there's an up. But here's what happened. Man, the next day, have you ever had the Holy Ghost just come to you on a Sunday and then Monday it's like, where is God? You know what I'm saying? Or some other time in in your quiet time or at a meeting or whatever. Wow. And that's what happened to these guys. You know, they get this word that's amazing and, and then... The Bible says in verse 20, 2 Chronicles 20, 20, they rose early in the morning, went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And they went forth. And you can tell, they're like, man, what they heard so concretely, overtly yesterday. It's like, did we hear that? Did you ever go through that? Man, I've gone through it many times. And Jehoshaphat, here's what good leaders do. They don't say, well, maybe we didn't hear God. They said, hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Believe in the word. You'll be established. Trust also in his prophets. You will prosper. And they, they did what the word, what the prophet said. Man, they had pointed praisers. And man, They praised the beauty of his holiness. And then they said, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That's what we need to say in in battle. And the Lord, everybody say, the Lord Lord." set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Seir. If they were come against you, they were smitten. And for the children of Ammon and Moab, they fought against each other. And then, they, they were all slain and destroyed. Hallelujah. Judah came toward them and their, de- their dead bodies fallen to the earth, none escaped. And man, they carried away these uh, precious jewels and uh, all these amazing things and gold. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need to understand The devil cannot touch us, but he does have a right to contest his territory. In Mark 4, Jesus said we're going to the other side to deliver a guy that was demonized, right, of Gadara. Actually, there were two men there. And as they're going to the other side, what happened? We know the story. The wind came. Man, so bad, the, the, the ship, and again, they weren't on a boat, they weren't on a ship. Try putting 13 men on a boat, little boat, you know what I'm saying? We envision this. They were on a ship. It was filled up so much with water, they were sinking. Seasoned fishermen said, we're going to die. Wow. Jesus come out. He says, just the devil. He said, peace be still. Everything became okay. They went to the other side. The man was delivered. A great miracle revival was started. Glory to God. See, if we're going to break through. The key is entering into a place where we will not settle for anything but what we desire. Someone said, if you you can do without it, you probably will. See, it's not just wanting it. It's wanting it to the point that you do what God says to obtain it. Now, I'm not talking about legalism or being in the flesh. I'm talking about through the Holy Ghost. But we have to understand that the enemy he has come to kill, rob, and destroy. We have to stand. Glory to God. But see, here's, here's, if you can get anything today. It's exciting to be able to look the enemy in the eye and win. Someone says, well, I lost the battle. Well, thank God you won the war. Amen. Then what we'll do is make the enemy pay. As long as we live for the battle we lost. We've all lost battles. But it's time, amen, to enter in. So let's just give some examples, okay? Evangelism. If you think you're going to go out and everybody you share the four spiritual laws with your testimony with is going to say, Whoo, I'm so glad you're here. You're wrong. You know, some of the greatest conversions are those men who spit on the people. I mean, i never forget when I was in college, uh, one of my roommates, he uh, was president of Campus Crusade. and he, Here's how he got saved. A, a guy from Campus Crusade knocked on his door. This kid's name is Mike Mosco. He's in ministry today in Virginia and, and a good friend of mine. And uh, this guy's name was Pete Gannon. We knocked on the door and said, I'm you know, sharing the gospel. And Mike was just belligerent. And, and, you know, and he said, you know what? If you ever come back here, I'm going to put your head up. Against-. He meant it. Put your head up against the wall. And, and, you know, just, you know, and just was very arrogant. And uh, a couple of weeks later, God spoke to Pete and said, go back and share with this kid again. And he's like, why? Why? What would you do? I said, God, I, no, you, I rebuked that in Jesus' name, right? So he went back, knocked on the door, and Mike said, you got to be kidding, right? But he said, well, come in. I'll just get rid of you this way. I guess. And he got saved? Man, walking with Jesus. Amen. Yes. The average person doesn't just get saved when you tell them the first time. It takes, it's interesting enough, about seven times before that, at least before they hear the gospel and, and receive it. How about you? Did you just, when someone just first showed you, you, say, well, I just want to do that. How many of you took time before you accepted Jesus? How many of you weren't happy the first time you heard the gospel by somebody? Man, I was like, really? You know, if you're going to evangelize right, you've got to understand that. I've got to understand that. Man, with my own dad, I prayed for him night and day to get saved. Seemed like the more I prayed, the worse he got. Man, and one time God gave me a word of knowledge. I said, when, when he was in Korea, he was dying, and he was. Three times he got shot, and I said I had a word of knowledge, and I, I said, and he was. So I went down to his house. We were living in Clearfield at the time with a couple kids. And I went down to his house and I gave his word and all. He was drunk when I gave it to him. And uh, I said, man, God showed me this, dad. He got kind of sobered up and I said, okay. But it seemed like he got worse after that. And man, over and over again, God would give me some things. He'd always said he was going to die early. He gave me an age. And I said, you'll not die until you hit this age and you'll be saved. And... Uh, and things got would get better, you know, he'd listen to me more. And one time, we were actually at a, at a meeting, uh, was a Kent Copeland meeting, I, I, Ohio, Kathy and I were. And uh, I think it was in Canton, uh, Ohio. And I got a call from my cousin saying, we think your dad's, he's dying. So anyways, long story short, we took off and I, I went to, uh, I stopped at his house because it was on, from Slippery Rock, to where we lived, to where he was at in St. Margaret's. I stopped at his house and I saw all the furniture was busted. He had such a heart attack that it was, his heart was just, and I talked to one of my good friends growing up who was the EMT that helped save his life. He said, we shocked him back three times. He said, I never saw anybody. He said, he threw us all over the place we were trying to live. But long story short, I'm driving to St. Margaret's Hospital and the devil said, you got to be kidding. He's dead. But I had to use my faith. I had to say it. I said, no, he's alive. Everything in me, in my soul, said he was dead. My mind, my emotions, everything. But I said, in my heart, I know he's alive. And I got there and I went up to the desk and I said, what room was my dad in? And the devil said, you're a fool. He's dead. But that was where he came to Jesus and he lived at that age that I claimed for him. What I'm saying is this. What if I would have just said, wow, man, that, that, what God spoke to me didn't work. And just stayed in that house where I saw the furniture broken. I mean, it was broken to pieces, for real. And just put my head down and said, God, I don't know what's up. I guess I can't hear you. Or maybe you're just not what I thought you were. Man, the devil would have come in. I really, I, I really don't believe he'd be alive. We need to keep going. Amen? Amen? We need to keep going until we win. Glory to Jesus. In your quiet time. Someone thinks, you know, your pastor or someone has a strong ministry. Well, when you just jump in your quiet time, heaven just comes down. And it's like, wow, Jesus visits you. You shake hands and hug. And it's just amazing. You know what happens when I start out in my quiet time? Nothing. Nothing. Smith-Werger says something so good. He said, this is a man that raised 17 people from the dead, a million people saved, and a million people healed. He said, I usually have to start out in the flesh to get in the spirit. Meaning, I just, I don't feel anything. I, I just thank Jesus, start thanking Jesus, and, and you know, and I enter in. The courts of thanksgiving, amen? I enter in, glory to God. Well, some, I mean, sometimes it banging, it's there. But like, it's, it's not. I have to believe just like you do, amen? And sometimes the devil's there, my flesh is there. My mind's like, you know, you gotta do this. I've got to say, you know what? I believe God. And I think of that number seven. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to stay here. But then I ask the Holy Ghost to help me. It's not by willpower. And I believe when I ask him to help me that he is. All I know is something happens and something comes. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, Jesus, there's so many examples here. Hallelujah, Jesus relationships friendships you know someone's seeking godly friendships whether they're younger or older and man you go somewhere you know you think there's going to be easy to enter into relationships and man there's a church that doesn't you don't have the right clothes you and they let you know it man and then it doesn't work you get a good friend and they move away and then you know uh you think someone's gullied and they don't believe in their, find out they don't believe there's one way to heaven. But you got to keep on going. Amen? Amen? And you find out, you know, that someone's not perfect like you are. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, and you, and you find out that, you know, we're all going to have to receive that. I'll never forget this guy I told you about, Mike Monsko, my roommate. He was an older Christian when I moved in with him. Man, I thought this kid could walk on water. And we were uh, went down to a garage where, close to where we lived and uh, he was working on a car and I was just watching him. That's what I do still now, just usually watch when someone's working on a car. And he hit his thumb with a hammer and he just cursed. I thought my whole world was going to crash. I thought, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? Because he was helping disciple me. People are not going to be perfect. But what happens is, You continue until you enter in to that circle of friends that you need. Amen. See, a lot of people don't like this preaching. You know why? Because it takes work. It takes patience. Uh Uh-oh. Well, if Jesus wants it, it's just going to happen, really. Ask Jesus about, man, the apostles. He appointed them as apostles, but they weren't doing Postuling real good, you know what I'm saying? When he had them. These guys were a mess. Seriously. They were a mess. Jesus is going to die and they're talking about who's the greatest among them. He wanted to pray for little kids and they said, Jesus, don't waste your time. He talks about the cross and Peter takes them aside. Aren't you glad that Peter was so good, didn't do it in public? And said, Master, you really don't know what you're talking about you really don't have to die for the world. Just, just, You're doing the miracles. Keep doing the miracles and take over Rome. Right? These guys, they were human just like us. They turned out to be great men. But Jesus, man, was patient with these guys. Amen? Glory to God. So so whether it's healing, whatever it is, I understand there's trials. Listen to me. In the days we're living, there's going to be more trials. Doesn't mean that God left you. It means that he has provision for us to overcome. Amen? I'm going to tell you, some people think there's no trials, I tell you, are not going to do well in the last days. There will be. All those who live godly in Christ will be persecuted. How many have that on the refrigerator door? It's a reality. But the Bible says when you're persecuted, the spirit of glory is upon you. Now I know this is tough. You know what I'm saying? Next week is going to be some gravy, okay? And mashed potatoes and some lemon ring pie. Amen? But we need to get this first. Amen? We really do. Man, it's hard. When someone has a miscarriage. I was thinking that Sherry Kagey, you know, she's a real good musician. And her parents had multiple miscarriages. They're devastated, man. And Jesus said, this next child you'll carry. You think it was easy? She's here. It's hard. hard. What I'm saying is this. (sighs) Mm. Even when you're going through a trial, we still have the upper hand. That's one of my favorite testimonies. Uh, We were doing a revival meeting. We had a tent in this little park when I was teaching at Clearfield. And one of the leaders, uh, she shared about her, I believe it was her uncle, and this testimony that he had, it was so neat. He was a street preacher in Buffalo. And, uh, you know, it was doing okay, but then it really went downhill. People were mocking him. Didn't look like there was any fruit, but then he got someone saved. And, uh, but then he had... uh, Toothache, and it sounds simple, but man, it was like the, he had a bad toothache and he he was hurting, but he could still talk and kept preaching. Finally, he he didn't have any insurance, any money, but I believe it was on a Friday, he made an appointment with the dentist for Tuesday. So uh, Monday, I don't know how many people are familiar with Buffalo, but man, in the winter time, it can get with the wind off the, you know, the lake. And get really, really cold. And it was like 30 below zero with the wind chill. And God said, I want you to go down, stand on that same corner, and I want you to preach the gospel. Wow. And he said, Lord, no one's going to be there. He said, man, but see, it looked like the devil had the upper hand. The guy's too certain. He hadn't been having fruit. He didn't have much money. Sometimes that's when breakthrough is going to come. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. But I'd rather know the truth and persevere under victory than get disillusioned and blame God or the church or someone else and be in a backslidden state. So he went out. It was 30 below zero. And his voice echoed all over, but no one was there. But he preached like an hour, hour and a half, just like he normally did. He went back home. He was cold. He's shivering. He's tired. He's got toothache. He just worshipped Jesus. Wow! So he goes to the dentist, and the dentist does quite a bit of work. And he says, doc, he said, you know, I can't pay for this. I'll make payments. Doc said, it's all for free. And the doctor started to cry. He said, what are you crying for? It's a true story. He said, yesterday I was in my office, taught about letting suicide. And I heard the gospel preached for the first time. And I come to Jesus. That's for real. I get it. There are times when you feel it and I'm all for it. And I want to feel it. I want to be, and man, it's good. And a lot of times it's like that. It should be. But when the wind's blowing and it's 30 below and doesn't look like it's been working to begin with, and Jesus says, speak, will we? That opened up this man's ministry in an amazing way. Glory to Jesus. So understanding is the key. Wisdom's the principal thing. Amen? There's so many testimonies I could share. The guy that discipled me, his name was Joe Jeremina. I learned to preach on the street with him. He was assistant pastor at the church I'm ordained from. Daysworth. I'll never forget. You know, I had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he was discipling me and another guy. There's just a couple of us. And he, he started talking about the baptism the Holy Ghost. And guy was a real strong uh, Baptist guy, which is fine. But he said, you know, it, it, and is this not for me? And the next session, Joe shared with them, the next session, and God said, you know, I'm not into this. He didn't come back. I'll never forget. I was at this guy's house, Joe Germina. And we get a call from this man. And, uh, he said, my wife is in the house. She's got a gun. No, she had a gun under her head or something. She wanted to commit suicide. It's locked. So uh, Joe went. He said, you probably want to go. And uh, I'll never forget this testimony of this guy. And Joe wasn't trying to manipulate. You don't manipulate people regarding baptism only Ghost. A bit. I don't, you don't manipulate anyone. You just share as God leads you. And that's between that person and God. And here, to find out, after the fact, but, but what happened was this. Joe came down, he said, yeah, it would help if you could pray, you know, uh, you could pray in the spirit. He laid hands on them, and he prayed in other tongues right there. He cried out for in other tongues, his wife came out immediately. And the guy shared it, you know, because he came back to the discipleship group and said, you know, I wasn't into the tongues because there was a guy that spoke in tongues that Rip my dad off or something in business and then my church and everything. But what I'm saying is this Joe was so patient and so loving. But it this relates to everything we do. Your quiet time. Everything. God wants us in a place. Whew. Glory to God. That our greatest joy is ministering to Jesus. And sometimes it's sacrifice. I know this is heavy duty. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I really do. Usually I try to throw in a little bit of humor or whatever. You know, it's just like the, <clears throat> you know, the cow. You heard this probably. You know, the cow, the chicken, and the pig. And the cow says, man, you know, Farmer Jones has been so nice to us. Let's give him the best breakfast ever. And the cow says, I'm going to give him the best milk. Chicken says, man, I'm going to give him the best eggs. And the pig says, wait a second. For you guys, it's a contribution. For me, it's a sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise. Amen. Sometimes when it's hardest, is when your worship means the most to Jesus. Jesus is worthy. He will not fail you. He will not fail me. Here's the exciting thing as we close. When our greatest joy is to minister to the heart of God, that's when God can trust you. I'm going to say that again. You're not going to hear this everywhere. When your greatest joy is to minister to the heart of God is when God can trust you. When it's not to get, 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 but it's to minister to his heart. And receiving is a part of ministering to his heart. But when it's about Him, you know what's exciting? That's when it works. But again, it's about grace. And we'll talk about this next time. The more that you see God's heart wanting to minister to you, the more you're going to minister to Him. Man, when you get in the quiet place and the glory does come down, or rises up, But that's what it's about. We enter into a place. You know, Jesus got up early in the morning every day. Man, after ministering to multitudes. Because he needed to eat of the Father. Wow. He needed to minister to the Father's heart. And the father, man, he lived and ministered to Jesus. That's what it's about, isn't it? That is really, really what it's about. So we're not saying there's not going to be challenges. At the same time, we're not going to in any way think that the challenges dictate the result. When you can look up to the face of Jesus and say, you know, I've lost a battle and I'm hurting God. I'm hurting here again. But I believe you. I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to believe you as I've never believed you before. Wow. That's relationship. It's an amazing thing to minister to the heart of God. But first, we do have to understand action and reaction. We need to let him minister to us, amen. We need to let him minister his glory to us. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Man, when you and I live glory to God to, again, it sounds so simple, but it's so glorious. I could share a hundred testimonies like this. The reason I have this picture in my Bible is because it's so overt. Most of the times, and I've shared this picture so many times, we passed them out. Our little baby, we had a word of knowledge. I had the name KL, the baby. He's dying. They're ready to pull the plug. How's that for a downtime? And someone just happens to come to church. They was going to the hospital to minister to mom and dad before they pulled the plug and heard the name KL. I said, tell mom and dad, keep holding on. We prayed a simple prayer. And Jesus helped this little boy. But almost invariably, Before there's glory, the enemy tries to come in. Or he'll take a battle that I've lost battles and try to remind you of it. I'm going to tell you something. When you lost a battle, God's going to give you back a thousandfold. God is amazing. Amen. Amen. And he wants us daily to enter into the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God as we close? It's the heart of the king. What's in the heart of the king? Being able to manifest in your life and mine. The devil hates it. But God will bring it to pass. Because we understand as a father, he lives to have his heart manifest to his children. That's understanding. And perseverance, patience, is just knowing that God's not mocked. <sighs> Maturity is entering into a place. We're able to see the heart of God in times where it doesn't seem to be any light and bring forth victory. Amen. Stand with me if you would. I know there's a strong message. I just sense where there's battles seemingly lost, God, honestly, a thousandfold, And God is, I really feel that God is raising up this church. Someone says, what's the vision of this church? The vision of this church is to give hope where there's no hope. The vision of this church is to enter in to wherever people are and say, God is worthy no matter what you went through, what you're going through. He is worthy and he will manifest his heart. If you're unsaved listening to this message and you even blame God for different things, it's time to see the blood that was shed for you and say, Jesus, I know you're for me, not against me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of blaming you. I want you. I want eternal life. Just say, God, I want you pain of my sins I want you. and rest here today. I tell you, I just sense the heart of God. <sighs> Jesus, Jesus Jesus. Jesus. <sighs> Jesus. I just sense the heart of God. I feel like the Lord's saying my glory. Is about to be manifested in a greater measure than ever before. Shh. As you're caught up in the glory, it'll manifest to your individual life, your marriage, your household, church, community. God is a God of glory and ever lives to manifest his glory to us got a need, I want you to come up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to pray and Mary is it okay to ask